start this week's episode that's uh dawned on me right now i mean it is starting right now it's just i don't know i haven't got an intro uh intros are overrated they suggest that you have any forward planning i think the best way Uh to go through life is to do what we're doing here and talk about the fact that we don't have anything planned and turn that non-content into content by virtue of committing to it. So the fact you've got no intro is fine because we're going to confidently talk about the no intro as if that's a planned intro. That's that's perfect. That is basically like turning shit into shit that smells a little bit less bad. Well, no, it's like turning it's like turning shit into art by being stood next to it and explaining to people in the art museum why your shit on the floor is art. You just you just stand that's... next to it and if you talk passionately enough about your shit your shit turns into art i've seen it happen i saw a person put a load of elephant shit on a canvas once and that was art and it sold for thousands of pounds yeah because it was an expression of the elephant's frustration that it could not blend into human society and as such it took something that humans find important paper and took a shit on it. And that's, you know, animals are frustrated about being in zoos. That's what that art was about. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd have watched... If that was an episode of Chicken Boo on Animaniacs, I'd have watched that. Chicken Boo, by the way, was a fucking genius idea for a cartoon. Chicken Boo was... It was the same joke every time they ever did a Chicken Boo segment. All right. Actually, while we are doing just... just while we are just fucking about... In the middle of a show, <laughs> I'm just going to obnoxiously alter my microphone position. Uh, <laughs> there we go. It's it's fine. We are totally professional podcasters that are consistently in the top ten games and hobbies podcasts on iTunes. We are a professional. Damn right. Group it's, of people. it's it's incredibly popular. This podcast. It is popular among. Pe- I'm I've, I'm doing a survey right now on the jungposition.com, uh, asking people what their their favorite content is. The the Podquisition ranks very high, and in fact, people want more podcasts. So, I mean, I'm not going to do more podcasts, not right now. I'm not made of time. I'm not Doctor Who, but uh, worth thinking about in future. People I feel love like pod- podcasts. Pod- Podquisition is the audio nerds podcast, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a real podcast for fans of real professional slick audio work. Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. I mean, if you're an audiophile, like if you if you you've got you know the the high end Bose headphones on, so you can listen to each rich, creamy nanosecond of juicy I'm, audio. I'm a pr- particular fan of the like. 22-bit mp3 version of whatever of of the songs i made that you play at the start of the show in 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 mono (laughs) it's not it's not 22-bit the thing is is people people get upset if if i do it at like the 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 full audio file size too big for people because they just want to download it onto their iphones Mm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I should point out that what I do to Gavin's music at the beginning of each episode is technically vandalism. Yeah. Uh, so, and I, I don't feel good about it. No, no, I don't no, feel good Jim, about it. Jim, as we were discussing, it is an artistic statement. Um, let's confidently talk about why. Um, 
you are showing that music is an audible experience that so many will completely not realise they don't even know what's going on with their ear holes, and that is an artistic observation. So you're doing an art. You're doing art there, Jim. Yeah, it's art. Yeah, it's it's art. art. I'm just. I'm just glad I don't run it through the same voice filters that I do for our voices anymore, like <laughs> I used to do. <laughs> I, <laughs> that really mangled it. Yeah, when it um, comes anyway. when it comes to mangling Gavin's music, that I leave that to Jim. So any 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 mangling of the music is left in Jim's hand. I just I just mangle the mu- the, the the speaking bit. Mm. It yeah, was particularly like particularly myself. impressive last week with such a busy song. Because <laughs> audio, audio wise, that's a very busy busy song, and it was great to hear just like. <laughs> It, it, it sounded it all right. It wasn't that bad, Gavin. <laughs> if, if you're not a musician who's like, oh, you're ruining my music, then it was fine. <laughs> if anything, I think you should uh, record my, my your, your music part, sterling style from now on. My favourite part is the kind of whooshing, flanging noise that comes with very low-quality MP3s, like going <laughs> over the top, like mm-hmm. some kind of metallic, metallic drain pipe. I think what I'll do is I'll add some spectral subtraction uh, next yes, time to yes. really get that kind of recorded in a dingy sewer sound to it. I think that's what we'll do <laughs> can, on this week's Can episode. we find some kind of filter we can put over it that makes it sound like it was recorded off of the radio and you held your cassette player up to the speaker to record it onto right, your cassette so you're, player? You're gonna, I have, you're I have an AM radio a, setting. <laughs> you're going to turn me into fucking shoegaze, aren't you? I'm, I'm going to sound gonna like my, my bloody Valentine. You're going to sound like the summer I had when I was in year six when my entire like soundtrack of the summer was recorded just like that, like trying to rush to record songs <laughs> off of the radio with my cassette player. We, I want you to sound like that summer. Do you remember when? I'm gonna like, have to make maybe, a mental note to do don't. this because I will do this. Do you remember when? When um, well, you guys aren't that young. You remember cassettes, right? Oh, do you remember when you yeah. record cassettes and you record like your friend's copy of the recorded cassette and copy and copy, and by the time mm-hmm. one friend got it, it would literally be like. <laughs> Waving all over the place and detuned and well, see, this is you know how I exactly why you know how I got round that system. We loved them. We you know how I got round that system though. I beat the system in order to avoid that of the cassette copies deteriorating. Have less friends. Ah. My 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 recordings perfect about as good as a cassette could be due to the number of friends i had as a child none i i was gonna say a very similar thing which it's like oh i recorded with my speaker up and my cassette player up to the speaker not because i preferred the audio quality but because i had no friends with cassettes because you know Uh yay for lonely nerds damn hipsters (laughs) you're all you're all fucking sad that you're not friends with me now huh fuckers Well, in 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 the early '90s, before the internet really took off, I mean, that was that was how you got new music, wasn't it? You you shared it with your friends, and it was, they, they yeah, it was recorded the an Napster. album for you, and mm. that was how I got music until LimeWire, which is a dark period in my life. <laughs> oh gosh! Yeah, LimeWire was like, there's a fifty-fifty chance I will get the piece of music I'm looking for, or hardcore German porn. <laughs> yeah, it was always a fun gamble on LimeWire. Um, 
I found out through LimeWire that a lot of people think Blinded by the Light was an uh, Electric Light Orchestra song. I discovered the band Paramore because of a mislabeled Panic at the Disco song that was labelled as Panic at the Disco Fueled by Ramen, which is the, I believe, the publishing company that put out their first album or their production label, but that was put as the track name. And the band was wrong. But that's how I found Paramore's music. You you probably would have found them anyway. Probably, but that's, I mean, that's how, where I first heard be, their music. Being, being the big emo and all. Well, I was listening to them being but, like, um, this sounds like the wrong gender of, of vocalist for what I'm expecting from this band. So, Thank you, LimeWire. Uh, Laura, I'm guessing you're pretty excited about a certain reunion that's happening. Oh, the one that's not happening that we all got our hopes up about for like oh, really? six minutes. Yeah. Oh, no. Uh, okay, so I, I will explain. Oh, tell me the Spice Girls are coming no, back. No, no, no. <laughs> so here's the thing that Gavin's referencing. Up on the My Chemical Romance Facebook group, which has been inactive for about three years, they put up a trailer. And at the end of this trailer, this trailer had some music from the Black Parade and they put up a date. And the date at the end of the trailer was the 10-year anniversary of the release of the Black Parade album. And everyone was like, oh shit, is this like a 10-year anniversary reunion tour or something? Are they coming back to play some Black Parade shows or something? And they left everyone to get fucking mentally overexcited about it. And then they turned around and were like, oh... No, sorry, we're just re-releasing the album with slightly different album art for the 10th Holy anniversary. Shit. Oh, dear. Yeah. My Chemical Romance pulled a Konami. That's incredible. Yeah, I, I had the thing where I was like, I don't want to get overexcited, but if this is what this is, then holy shit, I will move heaven and earth to be at every one of those shows because I miss this band so much. <laughs> God, imagine a My Chemical Romance pachinko machine. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> That's the future right there. It would there. be the saddest way to gamble and try and win money that I've ever seen. And that's that's saying a lot, considering we're talking about pachinko machines, which are already pretty damn sad. When I was hit the lever! <laughs> I was going to try and continue that, but I was just like, nope, nope, you have encapsulated the joke there, Jim. You've done it. There we go. There so we today, go. today on Gav's Music Podcast, we're going to talk about video games for a little bit. <laughs> I've, well, if you, if you insist we talk about video games on Gav's Music Podcast... Oh, yeah, let's treat ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, what video game things happened this week? Uh, Jim and Gavin. I know Jim's seen this news. I don't know if Gavin's seen anything to do with this. Two new Sonic games got announced this week. Did either of you <laughs> see about these? I watched the live stream and had the time of my life. I'm aware that you had some feelings on that. I I did not see this. I I took a week away from the internet this week, so I've Uh, seen nothing. Okay. I went back back on Twitter today for like five minutes and everyone was yelling about the election and Mm. and ISIS and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to take another few days off Twitter. Okay, well, I... And and, and the internet. I think I have an idea of what might work here. So I'm going to tell Gavin what these new games are like. And then Jim can talk about the live stream, if that seems fun, Jim. That seems like a good idea. Jim, I'm going to hazard a wild guess that you and your followers had a bit of fun live tweeting this event. It it was a... (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what we did. On paper, here's what you need to know about the two new games. Uh, One of them that's coming out probably in 2017 is... It's basically Sonic Generations 2, the one where you have like, oh, we're doing the new Sonic game style of Sonic, but there's also a 3D model side-scrolling one that looks like the old Sonic. And the other one they're doing is one called... Does it look good? Uh, 
they showed very little of it, but it's probably okay. going to be as good as Sonic Generations was, which is like, uh... I personally really, really like the first Sonic Generations, so if they maintain mm. that quality, I'll personally be Yeah, happy. that's fair enough. Um, what looked interesting to me is they're doing one called Sonic Mania, which is basically, it looks like it's made in the old Sonic engine from the first couple of Sonic games, but a bit, little bit shiny, a little bit nicer looking. And it's a mix of remastered old levels and new levels made by like people who did modding and made their own Sonic games and got really popular doing that. So they brought those people in to make new Sonic content. So it's like a quite nice looking retro Sonic game. Cool. It does look good. It does. I, I am interested in it. Um, it was overshadowed on the night by the event itself. Yeah, but, go uh, on. T- tell Gavin about the event. <laughs> Yeah, but if you thought that the audio, um, the audio compression that happens on your song at the beginning of this show is bad, <laughs> you, I mean, first of all, for anyone who wants an actual audiovisual idea of it, there is a, a video on my channel, on the Jim Sterling YouTube channel, called the, uh, I think something like the Sonic 25th Anniversary Shit Show Supercut, and I highly recommend checking it out. Uh, it it catalogues quite neatly the awkwardness that was happening on stage. The, uh, the, the thing that happened when the man from Crush 40 tried to get the audience to sing along with him. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I, I have watched, there, there's this clip where the guy from so Crush 40 So hang on, so stage. hang on, Jim, what you're telling yeah. me is they were trying to resurrect something that's lost its spark years ago. The sound quality was awful and no one wanted to sing along. So it's basically the Saint Anger of games conferences. Whoa! Oh, oh you're making wreck at you bringing your music comparisons into video games. Riggedy, riggedy, wrecked. Um, but yeah, basically. Uh, so you got the dude from Crush 40 who, I mean, his outfit was incredible to begin with. And he, first of all, he's like doing um, it's, uh, sorry, Sonic Jim, Heroes. Is, is Crush 40 a developer, is it? No, they're, it's a band. they're the band that do a lot, of, do the, a lot of the Sonic rock music. for Sonic games. All right. Yeah, all the latter day Sonic games. And they're not, the lyrics are cringy as shit, but, but they make some catchy tunes and he sings pretty decently. Um, although he, he could do well to hide him uh, checking the lyrics out every <laughs> line. He had the the, the the lyric sheet on the floor of the stage, and it was just prominent, and we could see, at some point, just on hand on knee, bending down to look at it. Like, wow. come on, you can do better than that. Um, but anyway, here, he was on stage with Here's a little secret. Um, a lot of times, us musicians don't know our own lyrics. We forget them as soon as we finish recording the song. Oh, sure, <laughs> sure. I, I don't doubt it, but but be a but bit when less you're, when obvious. you're doing a performance of that scale, you probably want to know your lyrics. Yeah, like it, it was the fact that he was just stopping to bend down and look that was, you know, no hate against the man. He is. Uh, so is know, all his songs his about Sonic? Yeah, pretty much um, all the ones people know so. of. Okay. Yeah, I don't know if he's like got an acoustic album on the side somewhere, you know, 101 Love Songs or something, or a sequel to The to, to Bruce. Um, not The Bruce, The Bruno, the, the Bruce Willis's one. I, I, I don't know. I, I, 
I, I don't know music, so I can't make musical references. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> anyway, point is, he's on stage going, Sonic Heroes! And then he's putting the microphone down. <laughs> First of all, he chooses some, like, looks like someone's mum accompanying their kid here for this event and thrusts the microphone in his face and says quite quite scarily just sing it and then pulls the microphone down there and she's just staring confused <laughs> and shaking her head just like i like i don't know does the lyrics not, to this weird hedgehog does she song. not know the lyrics what goes up must come down yet my feet don't touch the ground seeing the world spinning I upside d- down a mighty crash without a sound i could feel your every rage step aside i'll turn the page breaking through your crazy maze like a laser beam my eyes on you are you telling me she doesn't know that harp off by heart yeah, yeah, she she didn't. No, um, she didn't know to watch fans... him rule the night away, watch him save the day, feel his storm getting close, head in it, head in her way. No, that's that's plenty. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's that's the lyrics. Yeah, here's the thing: if if you oh the lyrics are uh, every single Sonic song, like butt rock Sonic song, the lyrics are like they make my skin crawl. Um, but Laura, if you'd have been in the audience, you may have been able to help the poor man out because the second person he thrust the microphone towards, they, well, they tried. <laughs> they didn't quite, they didn't quite articulate it the way you did. Instead, what happens is he, he turns to the, the older lady again and is like, see, check this out. Like as if to say, you know, this guy's going to get it. Puts it in. The guy grabs it and just goes, Sonic the Hedgehog! Someone else runs in, grabs the mic from him and just goes, And I've watched it about ten times since then. And I have laughed the same amount, same volume, same pitch, every single... It's literally not gotten less Is there no law of diminishing returns on this? I had to get that in before Gavin could. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask, is this section on your video, Jim, so we can see it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I um, edited, it, edited it into Jimquisition this week. I edited some of the other clips into the Jimquisition. And this week's Jimquisition starts oh, with as that I want to go watch this for, like, <laughs> Just right like, Oh, go right ahead, because I'm sure... I'm sure that your reaction will be quite funny, but um, yeah, if you just click on the Jimquisition, you'll see that clip. That's the most important clip. No, oh uh, yeah, yeah. A, nice collusion, Jim. A guy in a... Go for it, it's fine. Um, a guy in a Sonic suit was on stage a lot of the time, dancing very slowly. Uh, did the Macarena at one point. We were all very delighted. While two weird DJs covered in Sonic advertisements danced like dads at a wedding to a laptop that was playing the music, uh, which was just incredible. Uh, there was this huge buzz that was going on throughout the entire live stream, just... And sometimes there'd be two buzzes, so it'd be... At one point, the DJ was fiddling with things, and somehow he was in control of the buzzing. He was able to turn all of the audio into your left speaker, then what into the right the speaker. <laughs> Yeah, oh well, the button continued for the whole show. At some t- at some points, the uh, audio just cut completely, uh, which was fantastic. When a guy is up on stage and it's like, "So I was talking to the I was talking to the head of Sega, etc., etc.," and he announced silence. Then it was mute for like two minutes. <laughs> the Sonic <laughs> mascot looks completely suicidal. Oh my god. <laughs> 
He's like, what have I done with my life? I think one of my favourite bits was when the Crush oh 40 guy, is, he's like, uh, do you hear that sound? And just as he says that, he kicks the um, the wire on the stage. And so us in the live stream, we hear, do you hear that? <laughs> That's the sound of 25 years oh of God. Sonic. <laughs> oh, oh, funny story. When when we were um, in my first band, the guitarist, uh, Mickey, he... He was doing this like what he thought was really cool thing with like in the middle of his guitar solo. He jumped off the stage and his fucking lead came out. Uh. <laughs> so like we had this <laughs> silent guitar solo going on. It was amazing. Honestly, that that could easily have happened at this gig. Like it was like they brought on, you know, legendary fucking guitar man from the Sonic yeah. games and he starts playing, everyone's excited. He's playing really well, but the audio crackle, like, it's just yeah. over the, ruining everything. <laughs> there are like minutes of silence as people slowly have to lead the Sonic dude off stage, like playing the oh Sonic God. costume, off stage by his arm. And we have to sit there watching, just hearing crumpling, people off stage fiddling with their microphones. Uh, it was incredible. And I... I um, I love Sonic events because I was actually in the audience five years ago for the Sonic 20th anniversary show, which was just as bad. Like they've not in the five years, they've not gotten better at this. It's just this is um, like if you can ever be in town for a Sonic event, go because this is like it out, is out spinal tapping spinal tap. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. It is a, a treasure trove. <laughs> Oh yeah, be careful because at one point it goes really quiet and then you get <laughs> Oh my goodness. Uh, I must the, say while you were talking. The trailer I... played twice in a row. Oh god. Yes, it did. Oh. <laughs> yeah, uh, anytime they tried to play outside footage, there was a bit where they had Dr. Robotnik doing a little funny scripted bit on stage, but you can't hear him because you're hearing mostly and underneath just vaguely hearing Robotnik going, ha ha, he posts Sonic memes on Twitter. I, I don't even have words for what this press conference turned into. Like, you, you know what, what annoyed me about this? Is that? Oh my god! I just uh, saw this a bit with the singing gym. Yeah, I watched. I watched that while we were talking, and it is just as good as it was. Um, so yeah, here's what kind of annoys me about this. Like, there are companies I expect shit internet presence from, but it's it's easy to forget that this kind of thing can be terrible from the Sonic team because most of the time, what we get in terms of online presence from them is that Twitter account, which is widely very well run and quite amusing and it's mm-hmm. it's very easy to forget oh not everything that sega puts on the internet for sonic is as good as that twitter account in fact nothing is as good as that <laughs> no, twitter account and that it's sega like puts just out for let anything the person in charge of that twitter account run your live show <laughs> just let them be in charge of everything well he was um he was hosting a vast section of it, oh, that guy. Mm. The only problem is, is half the time he was talking, you couldn't hear him because the audio kept cutting out. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, apparently there was a post on, I think, Reddit or somewhere where, like, a sound engineer fr- from the event talked about, like, the huge technical problems they were having. Um, but, I mean, and I feel bad for them. Obviously, it's not good that you're having horrible issues on a live stream being watched by, um, I think it was, like, 19,000 people. Uh, but... It was also very funny. I'm sorry, it was also really funny. And it, it did capture 
how a lot of people view Sonic. But I mean, that was the perfect moment when you hear like, "What's that?" That's the sound of twenty-five years of Sonic. I'm like, yes, yes, it is. That buzzing and crackling and cutting of audio, that entire shit show is the sound of 25 years of Sonic. Hey, hey. I've literally that... got tears coming out of my eyes. Here's, here. the, thi- here's the thing, though. That's <laughs> not all the all the Sega news we got, because uncontent with just doing a shitty live stream this week, they also jumped very quickly on the heels of Nintendo and were like, oh, Nintendo were taking an old console and making it small and preloading it with games to sell to people. How about the Sega Genesis Mini? It's 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 yeah. got eighty yeah. games on it. For a minute there, it. I thought. For a minute there, I thought you were going to say they were going to do the Master System. I kind of wish they did the Master System Mini, but no. Nope, apparently, like a week after the NES Mini was announced, they're like, "Yeah, we're doing the Sega Genesis Mini. It's got eighty games on it." You, wow. you like Sega yeah, games, games, right? There are two versions. They got a portable version and a home oh, version. Oh, I didn't catch the portable. The, yeah, oh. the portable version has an SD slot in it, and the uh, home version has an actual cartridge slot in, slot in it for actual Genesis. Oh, cards. I um, so that's kind of cool. I missed that much of the of the news story, and that's kind of what I wish the NES Mini had done. Like let's let's exactly, have, yeah, let's have like cartridge paper, support and maybe SD cards for a portable. On paper, I'm more interested in in that idea. Like mm. that, that gives you scope to add more stuff to it, and, and obviously it's got more games in it. The one thing I hear, uh, because these aren't, they're not so much new as rebranded. Mm. Uh, they they have had these things before. In fact, I've seen one of them in a Walgreens before, um, and they they're being rebranded for the the Sonic's 25th thing. Apparently, the sound on them is shitty. Uh, they're not great at the emulation side, uh, so I don't know if I would. I'm going to cross my fingers and hope, like maybe the hardware in there is is improved somewhat. But if not, then mm. apparently it's it's not great emulation, which is a shame because otherwise, like I I whereas I have no interest in the NES Mini, the if the Genesis Mini or whatever they want to call it um, actually emulates the games well for. Mm. 80 games, 80 Genesis games as well, not fucking NES games. 80 Genesis games plus the cartridge slot and all that. That interest. You, you know what the big thing that makes me not care about this as much as the NES Mini is? I don't really care about most of Sega's properties. That's my big stumbling block. Yeah. I'm like, I care about okay. Nintendo stuff. I'm really not that interested in most of Sega's properties that they're likely to put on this. Ah, see, I'm the I'm the other way with that. That's, did did that's you grow up as a Sega kid? I, I grew up with the the Mega Drive, and, and a friend had a Master System as well, and so yeah, like that was my my thing. Growing yeah, Laura, up, so. while 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 we were playing Super Mario World, Jim was playing Alex Kid. <laughs> I wasn't playing it. Alex Kid's rubbish. <laughs> I was playing Golden Axe. Oh, that was a good game. That, that was like a one goddamn of my, champion. Uh, that was a good game. That was, that was, that was a decent one. But yeah, I, I grew up with the NES and Super NES, so I suspect a lot of it's just tied into nostalgia and what we were like, oh, even if it wasn't a great game, this is what we grew up with and that's why we care. So They both had some good titles, to be fair. Yeah, I just don't care about any of the oh, same ones. Like if I, I had to be stuck on a six. desert island with a SNES or a, a Mega Drive, I would definitely piss, pick, piss. <laughs> definitely <laughs> pick the SNES. You just piss on both options. You're like, fuck you, games consoles. I can't even plug you in anywhere. 
I haven't heard I'd, SNES I'd be like, where's my years. Xbox One? SNES, yeah. Yeah, because in, in America they all say SNES. Yeah, it's so. always been the SNES to me. Was it SNES in the UK? Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I, in I, Ireland, I think so. In Ireland, we can't be arsed saying SNES. <laughs> I've heard a few people say the variant Super NES, and that one is weird to me, because I'm like, no, just either like turn the whole thing into a shortened word, or say the whole mm. thing. Don't do Super NES. <laughs> super NES, no. No half measures. Commit. Yeah. Commit, you coward. Commit to one or the other, you fucks. <laughs> it really is one of the most awkward acronyms ever, SNES. Yeah. yeah, it sounds like you've got something stuck in your nose, and you're like about to do a sneeze. Like well, it's like we should probably pronounce it SNES with a like an S sound on the end of it as well, because it's not a it's not a Z or a Z or whatever you call it. What, We're all pronouncing what it wrong. It's a the, SNES. What else did the Mega Drive had? I mean, it had Sonic Two, it had Sonic Three, it had a, a, a lot of columns games, Golden Axe. Had a Shinobi. Oh yeah. I loved Revenge, uh, Revenge, the Revenge of Shinobi. I played had had Spider Man. It it had Micro Machines, which was fantastic. Micro Machines. I think they both had that, didn't Uh, they? I think yeah, there was a lot of crossover. um, And there's always a debate as to which had the better versions. I think Mm. typically a lot of people uh, come down on the side that the Mega Drive slash Genesis versions of of games that were on them and the the SNES was. generally better quality um, mm. but I, I can't speak for the SNES versions of them, I only mm. ever had the, the Genesis versions uh, or the, the Mega Drive versions as they would have been called when well, I try- was a kid Trying to play um, fighting games on the Mega Drive controller was a lot harder than the Super Nintendo one because mm-hmm. it only had like the three face buttons Yeah I've, I've just. Um, I didn't. I mean, I didn't play many fighting games. The two I did play the shit out of when I had my uh, Mega Drive was uh, Eternal Champions and Primal Rage, and Eternal Champions was the shit. I'm having a look at a list of uh, Genesis games, and the only thing jumping out to me where I'm like, yeah, I could go back for playing that is Earthworm Jim. Like, oh, yeah, that I'd, was I'd, really fun. I'd game. go back and play Earthworm Jim. That is the only... Shame the creator of Earthworm Jim's a stinking homophobe. Oh, oh really? didn't know that. That's worth knowing. Um, Doug Tenapel, yeah, not a not a great guy yeah. socially. Well, in that um, case, there yeah. are now no games on the Sega Genesis. <laughs> like, if you Google best Genesis games and look at the little list that Google makes, I now don't care about any of them. That's so, a shame. Yeah. I, um, I liked... I liked the Sonics, of course. I liked uh, Golden Axe. I liked the Streets of Rage games. I liked, I liked the Shinobi games. Like I said, um, there are others. There are others. Uh, I'm, I'm not the seeing it. I'm looking at that list. Just being like, I was don't fucking see awesome. a thing here. I care and about Comic Zone. I don't know what half of these things are. Uh, a lot of people Comic liked uh, Altered Beast, but I thought it was shite. Honestly, I think. I think nowadays everyone's admitted that it's Altered Beast was shit. Altered yeah, Beast was, it was utter really shit. shit. <laughs> Let's all be honest. Come on. Mm. What other what other things have we uh, had this week that hopefully weren't well, shit? I suppose. Um, um, we happy few hit early access. Oh yes, this week. which. Um, r- the main response I've seen to the release of We Happy Few is people being like, oh, I didn't get that this game was mechanically what it is from the trailers. There's, yeah, I think they made a possibly a mistake 
releasing the trailer they released it yeah because the impression um, i had until like two days ago when i got my hands on it was oh it's a linear story-based single-player mm. game where i just go through a story by myself and that's not yeah, quite they... what this is it's not a linear narrative experience it's i did not realize that this was a survival system permadeath randomly generated game that was not yeah, that was not something i gleamed from watching e3 trailers it it got them attention yeah. obviously it, it caught people it was a great trailer and it's a great intro in the game as yeah. well um but it is it, it doesn't really it, it, give you a sense of what the game itself is, and yeah. people have definitely been disappointed. Um, people who were with the game from the beginning, I mean, I, I've been following this since it, it had its very first trailer, and I've been following it on Kickstarter. I played the pre-alpha, and I did a video of me playing the pre-alpha, so I knew from the outset what this was. Mm. So I wasn't, I wasn't disappointed by the game... Uh, mechanically, but I totally understand people who saw that trailer and are now disappointed. I, I was more um, in the camp of I saw one trailer for it and thought this looks really interesting. I'm not going to watch any more trailers because I just want to wait until this mm. is out. And I saw the, yeah, the trailer? E I saw the E3 trailer this year and was like, "Yep, that still looks interesting. I'll pick it up when it comes out." And then it was the trailer made it look um, like it was going to be like Brave New World by way of Bioshock. Yeah, yeah. It, Apparently, you know, I mean, it's worth it's worth noting that uh, no story content's actually in the game yet. Uh, there is going to be an actual narrative running through it, but uh, in the early access version, and that's not in place. Mm. Uh, and fifty percent of the game's world isn't in it yet either. Um, but they do have a lot of like little missiony things in there, lots of different encounters, some randomized stuff. So there is there's plenty to do in it. Um, obviously, before I go any further with my views on it, disclosure: I uh, have recorded voice lines for the game as a character in it. Collusion, collusion, etc., etc. Um, but even so, uh, I have had to be fairly fucking harsh with my criticism. I did a, a, an early impressions video of it yesterday when it hit early access. Um, I've, I've been playing it for a while before then. Uh, I've put about six hours into it so far, and I really, 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 really want to like it. I, I want to like it so much, and I, I can see it's got everything that needs it needs to have to be a really great game, but... God damn, they've they really need to sort some shit out. I, um, the, first of all, they need to sort sort out the survival stuff because mm. okay, it can be it can be challenging and fun to worry about regulating sleep and thirst and hunger meters. Not the way they're doing it. You don't want a game that's constantly tugging at your sleeve every minute, saying I'm hungry, I'm thirsty, I need to like like I could have a baby if I wanted that. Uh, I don't play a game to babysit a protagonist who can't go more than a minute without dying of thirst. Uh, they need to really rebalance that stuff. Uh, maybe less inventory management as well. Like it's it's not fun to sit in a menu screen fiddling around with sh shit. Like the game needs you to have so much stuff and so much stuff breaks that you constantly should have backups and crafting supplies to make them, but you can never carry that much. Uh, another issue is... It is, as, is it, like, tedious in the way that New Vegas' hardcore mode was, or...? 
I never really bothered with hardcore mode, so I couldn't tell you. But um, like it was pretty much constant dropping stuff off and picking things up. And yeah. it's not it's not constant, but it can get annoying. I mean, you get enough uh, upgrades to your inventory space come frequently enough that gen- if you get lucky, uh, which is the other issue, is how luck based it is. Um, they take the whole RNG roguelike ideals to some pretty extreme lengths, and that shit needs sorting out. Uh, The video I tried to do yesterday, after recording for several hours to get watchable gameplay that wasn't me just wandering around or fiddling with menus or dying of the plague an hour into the game. Um, Like, like, (laughs) the, uh, the, um, the video I eventually was able to get up was... After an hour of recording, me being literally unable to get out mm. of the starting I area. had... Literally unable. I had the same issue on one of my runs of it since I've picked it up. I had a run where I got out of the starting area, but I got locked into a thing where I was just like, nope, I cannot get the things that I need to progress. It just is not possible. I spent exactly. maybe that three hours issue. just going around in circles being like, nope. You have not spawned what I need to be able to progress. Yeah, that that is something they need to severely fucking fix. There are mission-critical items that you need to complete certain objectives that require you to make the items out of different crafting materials, and sometimes the, the RNG will just not spawn enough. Wow. Or, I mean, another thing you could have is is you can use these things... Not knowing you might need them for a mission, you know, yeah. you could use up all your duct tape or all of your fucking tough linen mm. that I couldn't find a fucking enough of, and you won't know. Like mm. this stuff needs well, to be flagged a, that's as a, essential. That's if it's a essential. fundamentally broken game if you can't. That it, is, really. I mean, right now in its in its state, and and I'm being as harsh as I can because it is in alpha still. They can fix all this, and they're not hard fixes. Mm. You know, there's a lot of rebalancing that needs, there's random number generator stuff that needs fixing, but they aren't, that's not like fundamental stuff that you'd have to totally rebuild the game for. You just need to alter the drop rates on things, flag certain items as essential. Mm. Uh, You know, maybe if you need a padded suit to get, honey from a beehive spawn one have a have one somewhere no yeah. don't force you to have to craft it you know maybe even make it more difficult to get but when i can't make what i need because you only spawn two pieces of tough so linen in the game here, world here's and i question. need four um yeah. is, is the reason they don't have these items um spawned specifically for the missions is that because there aren't actual any kind of structured linear missions in the game to do yes it's the they have they have structured they have pre-planned missions but the problem is is that they chain them procedurally so they will throw in like this quest and then followed by this quest and in theory they chain between each other but they won't warn you at the start like you can't see what three or four missions into your chain is going to be and that's the problem is that you might try some things out being like, oh, maybe this will allow me to get to the solution. And bam, you've just used up items that would have been necessary in Mission 4 and that you won't find anymore because we gave you enough. Why would you need more of them now? Yeah. And I, I've not survived in a game long enough uh, to 
like explicitly run out of things like food mm. and stuff like that. But as far as I've been able to see so far, there is a finite amount of everything I've ever seen. So it seems quite possible that you could just quite literally starve to death if you spend too long in an area, which is quite possible because of the randomization of everything. Mm. Um, meaning you can never know. And, and, and certain like bits of the environment are kind of pieced together Lego-like, so you can easily like spend time ransacking the same house not knowing that you already ransacked it because it looks just like another house. So there's a lot of things <coughs> that can waste your time in there. It's, it's, um, it's strange to, to see that happen in a game that when, when you look at the trailer, it's clearly had so much care and attention put into other aspects of it. Yeah, like, like and, and, and I... And, and, and stuff. I fully believe compulsion give a shit. I fully believe they mm. care. Yeah. Um, I just feel like maybe they um, right now they're giving off the 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 feeling that they are really in love with the ideas and the world they've built, and maybe haven't quite thought about the mechanical stuff as much as everything else. Yeah. And now is the time. Well, now's not the time. <laughs> Um, several months before it launched on early access would have been the time, but now's definitely the time to uh, really make sure this shit gets fixed because there are fundamental it, problems. It, it demonstrates, and, and it it breaks my heart to say it because I love, I love what this mm. game could be. I love the idea of the game. I'm obviously into the game enough that I backed it on Kickstarter and lent my voice to it. Um, yeah, but. It's not where it needs to be. Nowhere near where. My it needs problem to be. with it at the yeah. moment is that it, it 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 currently exemplifies everything I worry about when I hear that a game is going to be procedurally generated, and that's a problem because I love so much about this game, but it's the procedural elements and the elements that are, you know, made by some formula that keep letting me down and ruining my experience. And it's like, no, I want a, mm -hmm. a singular crafted experience so that I can rely on the experience being good and that I'm not going to have mm. a, a bad luck because the RNG number generator gave me a bad run that I won't enjoy. Yeah. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I've got no issue with procedurally generated stuff. Mm. I mean, hell, Binding of Isaac's one of my favourite oh, games agreed. ever. And that's yeah. all, you know, luck-based and, and everything like that. But with a game like this especially... Um, you can't just leave it all to the RNG. Yeah. That seems to be their issue. Is right now, they've left it all to random seeds and stuff. And you can't do that with this game. You need to have it so that if the B-Tree mission spawns, a padded suit needs to spawn somewhere. Or a certain amount of linen needs to spawn. And you cannot use up that linen. Or, or something... There has to be something somewhere that generates an infinite amount of that stuff. Um, you know... Things you 100% totally need to complete your missions have to be flagged somewhere. There needs to be some actual guidance there, some actual mm. design there. You can't leave it all to chance because it's taken me not a long time at all to, to break that and for that, you know, the failure of that to be exposed. Procedural generation is fine, but you can't, you can't rely on it. That cannot be the entire basis of your game. You need to have developers going in there, fixing mm. shit, making sure some of it is static. Oh my god, someone's using a fucking chainsaw outside. Jesus Christ. Can you guys hear sorry, can you guys hear it? It's not bothering no, me. Can't, no, can't hear okay, it at all. Sorry. Yeah, with Good. with that said about procedural generation and relying on it to do everything, let's all look forward to No Man's Sky in about a month's time. 
Because that's totally not relying entirely on procedural generation to make four billion planets. I'm curious as hell, especially after... Oh, yeah. Isn't that coming out in, like, two weeks? It's coming out pretty soon. It's early August, and I don't know where we are in the month now. We're end of July. I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to finding out... How it's turned out. What it is. <laughs> like, I, I, am gl- I will be happy to have this game in my hands and just be like, okay, we now have No Man's Sky. This is what the game is. Mm. I'm, I'm very curious to see how it goes over. Um, other little bits of news we got this week. Uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider, when that comes to PS4 at the end of this year, it's going to come with the 2013 Tomb Raider Definitive Edition for free. So... That's a nice little thing to throw so you in. you get two awesome games. Yeah, you get two awesome games. If you haven't played either of them, definitely play both of them. They're good. Um, that would be great news for anyone who bought that on the PS4 and then got really excited to play the next yeah. one. Uh, and then were told they have to wait a year. <laughs> and then got it for free after they'd already bought it. <laughs> yeah. um, Pokemon Go's apparently been downloaded 75 million times, which is a lot of people. It's disgusting. Wow. Yeah. Not not because I don't like the game. I mean, that's just that. That's, that's a, that is a kind of scary number. Amount of like, I'm, I believe. Is that more than um, Wii Sports sold? No, that had like over a hundred million, I think. But wow. it's more than but the population that... of the UK, I believe. Because mm. that's what, like, sixty million. Mm. Uh, um. Nintendo have gone back into Animal Crossing 3DS and added Amiibo support retroactively. You can use your Amiibo in that now. And the last bit of news is we got some more talking about the NX, this time from Eurogamer, who allege that the the NX is primarily a handheld system. Um, It's basically like a tablet that has two controllers on the sides that you can disconnect for when you're using it as a home console, and it has like a stand to hold itself up. And basically it's going to be a gaming handheld of about the strength of an Xbox One that you can put into some kind of docking station to play your games on your TV. You know, it's funny because like all the news this week was saying in Nintendo and we were talking about cassettes for the whole start of the show. It's like, this is the 90s <laughs> we, show today. We are pretty 90s. <laughs> well, considering Pokemon is, uh, yeah. you know, a huge mm. thing and yeah. Clinton's running for president and all that stuff. And Bill, like, and Bill, everyone's been making those Bill, jokes. Bill Clinton is on the front of all the papers. <laughs> yeah. So, like, the- um, as far as the NX goes, I'm like, I mean, I've heard about all that, and I'm I, at this point. Whenever Nintendo does something like this, I just I'm just shrug. I'm just, mm. yeah, okay, sure, go do something weird. We'll see if it's a huge success or not. I, mm. I'll try it. I I have I have one but. main thing that I'm excited about. If this is what the NX is, by making both their handheld and home console divisions basically one system. Imagine. A Nintendo platform coming out that had the both the handheld and the home consoles release schedules together on one machine. You've got twice as many first party yeah. games coming out. You've got twice the number of first party developers to be making games for this system. That is much closer to being a self-sufficient Nintendo console that has a robust enough first party library to sustain itself than we've had before. And like I don't want to count eggs before they've hatched, but if Nintendo does end up having to do the whole 
survive as a first party based only on their first party releases thing again. They're in a better position to do that if they've got all of their development studios working for one system rather than split between a handheld and a home console. That's true. That's true. My fear is that um, they're they're trying to iterate on the Wii U, which, considering you know how the Wii U's done, doesn't sound like a great idea. Uh, and maybe they'd have been better off, kind of, doing what we thought they were going to do and, and stick to something a bit more normal. But you know, I mean, I I, I definitely see some business. Uh, yeah. Uh, sense in in the idea of of trying to unify the success of like trying to put the success of their 3ds division and everything onto mm. their console thing and then try and have them as this thing that's separate but the same thing I, it's, yeah because like i'm just so confused whenever nintendo well, does anything i can't predict anything they yeah. ever do or how it'll the ever thing. Do. if they do it well i can totally see it being something that i fit into my life in that i'm one of those rare people that owns a playstation vita but also the the vita tv or the playstation tv the little um, box that plugs into your HDMI port and you can play your Vita games on the TV. And I Mm. really enjoyed that while I was playing through some Vita games in that I could have my game on the go, be playing through it, get home, and pop basically pop the cartridge and the memory card into a more powerful, like, slightly more powerful base station that did some upscaling and stuff. And then I got to play my... continue playing the same game on my TV. And that was really nice. And... If Nintendo were going to make something where your handheld, by default, does that, maybe where when you put it on the dock to plug it into the TV, there's some extra processing that happens through the base station or something, that could be quite a nice thing. Um, I just... the, the, The lingering question I have in my mind is that, as this is primarily a handheld... And when I played Zelda Breath of the Wild at E3, it wasn't running terribly great on the Wii U. This thing had better be more powerful than the Wii U for Zelda Breath of the Wild to run well. And if your system is primarily a handheld, getting it to run better than the Wii U version is going to be expensive. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. And not to mention as well, like, I just don't overcomplicate it, Nintendo. Like, the Wii was visually immediately simple and graspable. You see someone flick a Wii remote to play tennis, you instantly know what they're doing. The moment the Wii U was revealed, people didn't know what the fuck it was. They were like, is this a controller I put on my Wii? Why is that man putting the controller on the floor to play golf? Mm. This doesn't make well, sense. Like, it was it was immediately more confusing, and when you looked at someone playing it, you couldn't immediately look at them and go, I see well, what they're doing. Well, there's a way you can make and, this immediately visible. You have a trailer where someone is playing, let's say, Pokemon or whatever it is, on their handheld, outdoors, on the train, away from home. They are very definitively playing a handheld system. They get home, put the system on a like a docking station where it's like, ooh, this is clearly not what we normally do. They plug the unplug the controllers off, turn their TV on, and they're playing the same game. Like you could you could yeah. you could or, make or they're or they're playing another part of the game that like you go out to hunt your Pokemon and then use those Pokemon in a much more advanced, cool game Poss- on possibly. the actual like, console. There, there are ways that they can make this messaging clear if they do it right. And I'm not... 
I'm I not don't... confident Nintendo It'll can do be... it right, but... They can make it more clear, but if I'm, you know, looking at this from a... a from the kind of person, the kind of mainstream person who bought into the Wii, that doesn't grab me because it's not, it's not just pick up the thing and do the thing. And, and hell, like, like modern consoles like the PS4 or Xbox One mm. are, are better than that because you, you pick up the thing and play the thing. Like, that's what people want. They don't want to keep fucking around. That's, that's the important thing here. Too many game companies keep trying to make you fuck around. Do you, do you think yeah, that if, the name the... could possibly be enough to make it work in terms of branding if they called it something like the DS TV? It's a DS. You know what a DS is, no. but you can play it on your TV. I think no. that would be more confusing. Possibly, I, more I, I don't know. Theme, I, yeah. like, I feel like that. they've got to get away from the like Wii immediately branding. Immediately in but... my head, that comes to mind, what, am I just plugging a handheld into the TV? Will it look better? Will it like be the yeah. same? I'm thinking, will it play if they TV learn, shows and shit? If, like, if they learn from the success of Pokemon Go, they'll just do something that's really simple and accessible because that's where Nintendo excels, is in really simple, accessible things for casual gamers. Mm. That's when they've had their yeah. biggest successes. Mm. Every time they've gone silly complex or like just mm. weird... Like I, I, it doesn't pay off. I, I still well. feel like the big ace they have up their sleeve for um for getting this thing to sell well is you know everyone's been asking for decades for a Pokemon RPG like a mainline RPG they can play on their TV at home on the main console. Yeah. If this is something that's a handheld and it's a home console, that presumably means the next time they release a Pokemon game, it will be playable on your TV and it will be the main Pokemon RPG in HD on your TV. Like, there are certain mm, portable franchises that I think people will get excited about. Oh, I can play it on my TV now on my home console. And they're those co those franchises that Nintendo never gives me on the home console. That could be a selling point. Like, th there are things that could sell this. I mean, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not saying idea. that it won't have selling points. The, I the idea mm. you're giving me. Um, I'm just saying that after the Wii U... They, the best thing uh, the best thing that logic suggests and, and, I'm, and you know logic does not always equal success mm. um, you know going totally out there can have some better result but just for me the, the logical next standpoint would be to bring it back to basics and mm. beca because again like the success of the PS4 right now has demonstrated that Despite everyone thinking the console market was done at the end of the last generation, it's clearly mm. not. Um, and and it would have been it would have been the safe route to just bring out another yeah, but you know quote unquote proper console. But I, I understand Nintendo doesn't play it safe, and I, that's not something I, I find that admirable. Mm. Um, I just following up um, risky with risky. Mm. Seems it is double risky. Following up uh, risky so, with failed risky. Yeah, that. Yeah, like, that's let's it. Face yeah, it the Wii U was a failure. Yeah, but the one thing that's never truly failed is their handheld division. Like they've never had a truly yeah. failed handheld. True. And yeah, but that makes me yeah. more worried because now they're saddling it well, to their console it's, it's division. It's fifty-fifty. Yeah. Like it's it, no one knows which way it could go. It could either mean that the handheld division props up the home console division and we get a more successful home console or the home console division drags down the handheld division and we see the handheld division die as well 
I hope they play to their strengths and I hope they target casual gamers and families and stuff and that they do it well like they did with the Wii because that's a market that, you know, the 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 other two consoles are kind of trying to get their reputation a little bit away from, mm. you know, they're like, yeah, we're, we're the hardcore. And, and Nintendo's always been about that simple, easy fun that the whole family can enjoy. And the Wii U fucked that up somewhat. It, it, yeah. and, and I feel like if they just go back to that, they've always been the best at that and they've always been mm. the kings of that, you know? Yeah, I mean, if it is going to play out, because this is still all, all based off patented stuff and all this, it's not official yet. But if they do go the route where it, everyone seems to think it's going... Well, what I will then... say for this, according to Eurogamer, the, the, the diagram they have of the console was written by someone who works at a development studio. So, like, it's slightly mm-hmm. more than just the patents at this point, but, you know, it's it's still right. not... But, well, yeah. I mean, either way, it's not, it's not set in yeah. stone. And... If it does go the route everyone thinks it's going, I would. My hope for it would be that they, whatever this portable version is, that is also packaged as a separate mm. product, so it has a chance to succeed on its own. Um, because I love Nintendo's portable division, and I do not want it to have a, a potential boulder tied round its neck. Mm. They're kind of um, they're kind of the only one left, that's aren't right. they? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd be very, int- I'd be very interested if Sony ever oh, tries I, it again. I, the, I, the, the, uh, the Nvidia the Shield didn't Nvidia exactly went, blow the world away, did it? No. no. I like the Nvidia Shield. I actually really liked it. It's, uh, but it didn't do too fantastically. It was very expensive and and didn't gain much traction. Yeah, I'm really hoping that this does well. Like the the only other thing that I've just thought about now which is probably enough to sell me on an NX, regardless of anything else, is assuming that this rumour is right about what the console is, that means that I could in theory be playing the new Zelda game just on the go. If if it if the quality holds up and it's like it works as well as the home console version on the Wii U, I could play a new home console Zelda on a handheld, and that's probably enough to sell me on a new on a new device. Because it's not going to take much to get me sold back on on Nintendo hardware. I'm I'm very easily pleased. The thing is, Laura, you're an easily pleased Nintendo fan, whereas, like, they need to be able to sell it to people who aren't. Yeah. Well, I guess the question would be, what would it take for you, Gavin, to get you to buy a new Nintendo piece of hardware? Great lineup of games. What games would That's you like to see? Simple. Um, like just the things that the third parties are putting on all the platforms, or are there specific things well, you'd you like see, to see for, them doing? No, I'd like I, I'd like to see them do something new. Like, you know, I don't like. I'm not like I said. I'm not much of a Nintendo. Like, you know, I'm not their target audience, so I might not be the right person to ask what I want. Do you know? It's like. I think they should be looking at how do we sell these games to moms like we did in the early noughties, you know? Yeah, that's fair enough. I, yeah. I, I mean, personally, I'd love to see a load of fucking games that are like big, sprawling fucking RPGs and shit, but I don't <laughs> think that's ever going to be Nintendo, you know? No, probably not, but you never know. Um, I mean, I, I'm going to buy it just for the new Zelda. I mean, do you well, know what yeah, I mean? Well, yeah, exactly, like... A big sprawling new but, Zelda. But I have that. Yeah. I have that luxury. It's part of my job, but not 
not every gamer has that luxury to just buy a console for part of work and everything, you know. It's like, yeah. Um, so with that, we got time to do a couple of questions before we wrap up. Yeah, hell Why yeah. Not? Uh, oh, before before we do, I I have to answer a question that loads of people asked me this week after last week's podcast when we were talking about dieting and stuff. Oh yeah. I was saying how I'd lost a load of weight and people were like, "What diet are you doing?" And um, I'm not doing any diet in particular. I'm just doing the only diet that works: a, a caloric deficit. You eat less calories than you burn. That's all you have to do. <laughs> but uh, but Gavin, and, you know, that's low, hard. Low, yeah, there's a um, there's a really good app called My Fitness Pal. Yeah, it's great. That you know, you put in your weight, your height, and and what what your goal is. You know how much you want to lose. Yeah. And it will tell you exactly how much you you can eat that day. Yeah. And whenever you get food, you put the food in the search bar, and it will find you exactly what that food is and how many mm-hmm. calories it is, and do the math for you. You can even scan. And it is. Can, I mean, it it genuinely works. It's brilliant, and you can like even if you have like your little chicken, you can scan the barcode, and it'll tell you how much fat, how much like carbohydrate you have, and it'll add it all up. And you just stay under yeah. whatever your you put in how much weight you want to lose and how fast, and. You just stay under that limit every day. It's it's easy. Like you just and just yeah. eating good food as well. You you eat like a load of chicken and turkey and green vegetables like broccoli and beans and and sweet potatoes and things to, and not I'm not close to losing shit. about thirty pounds from thirty pounds in a very short space of time. And Holy shit! My fitness pounds a big part Ooh, of it. That's fucking huge. N- news that just thirty pounds that just happened while we're recording this. Legendary, uh, legendary, the 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 studio that make movies and things, have just bought yeah. the rights yeah. to make a Life is Strange live action TV show. Oh, so apparently uh, that's happening. That could be interesting. No, okay. oh, has, guys, have you been watching Stranger Things? I I Not haven't yet. watched oh, it's it. So good. I haven't <laughs> watched it because everyone I've heard talk about it has been saying that it's the most amazing thing ever. And I'm now it's scared great. to watch it because I don't think it's going to live up to quite that. Mm. So I'm going to watch it, but I'm, I'm going to... It's just a lovely, fun uh, blast of 80s well, nostalgia. I, I, I you know, hope really that's what it is, but I'm going to leave it until I've got enough distance that I'm not overhyping it before I watch it. Because yeah, currently, I'm gonna start everyone saying, I'm seeing right now is just like, it's amazing, it's the best show ever! And I'm scared to watch it in that context. I saw Ghostbusters as well this Ooh, week. Oh, what did, what did you think? think? I thought it, I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah. I went I went to it for girls. Well, don't say that on Twitter, uh, Gav. I did, and actually, surprisingly, very little uh, anger. I, <laughs> I, I, okay. Yeah, there were some people who were like like being attacked by people who were clearly like searching oh. Ghostbusters on Twitter. Yeah. Just to attack anyone who said wow. anything I, I had nice s- about it. Now, just, just I had some of those it. because I said that I prefer the new Ghostbusters yeah. reboot to the original <laughs> Ghostbusters. I saw that I tweet. Know. I was like, I, I was like, you're, you're just, you, Laurie. That was like, I just saw you like throwing I'm, shit into I'm, a pot and stirring. I'm it not around. gonna lie. I think that the original <laughs> Ghostbusters is, is is an amusing film that has not aged well over the last twenty years. It is very much a product of the '80s, and if you show that to an audience today, it does not hold up as well as you know. As the new Ghostbusters, I think if you put those two side to side today, I prefer the new one. So yeah, I'm 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 not with you on that. Oh, that's I fair. went with yeah, that's the fair. I went I went with four women in their twenties who's like pretty much the target audience mm. for this movie. And I think 
seeing how much fun they were having, it was hard not to like it. You know yeah. what I mean? It was like, this is great that they're having such a blast. And, and mm-hmm. there's some genuinely fun, funny bits in it. There's some humor in it. That is, important thing there's there. there's some really cringy humor jokes jokes in it. And there are some bits that even on the most generous, I don't give a shit about plot holes in movies. I really don't. But some of the stuff in this pushes your uh suspension of disbelief so fucking far. <laughs> like some of it made yeah. so little sense. Which is strange because Paul Feig, um like Bridesmaids wasn't like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So sorry. But I think you hit upon an important thing there when you yeah. said you were uh, with the target mm. audience. Like it's worth yeah. noting that all these angry older men who are talking about their childhoods being ruined, which by the way is impossible. <laughs> you can't ruin your childhood if you're no, an adult now without but, but, time but, travel. But, like only Doctor Who, if he was real, could ruin your your fucking childhood. Yeah. But um, um you're not the target audience for this. Like like you're the target audience for the other Ghostbusters, which is still here yep. and is still watchable. Mm-hmm. There's a different target audience for the rebooted films. Now, you know, I, I hate most rebooted films. I don't like them. Um, and, you know, there is that, if there's something I really love being rebooted, uh, there is a, a, a purist in me that mm. gets a bit aggravated and by a lo- that. And a lot but, of them are shit as well. Like, really. Yeah, a lot of them are shit. But, at the same time, one does have to like not think so self-centeredly, mm. and and you yeah. got to realize that we're not the ones these newer films are being made for. They're being made for a new generation of people, yeah. and we could argue our version's better, and we could you know hope that that people from that newer generation it, watch the and, older ones and, it and is agree. Like but, it is a better movie, the old one. Like, but that doesn't mean uh, the new one is I, bad and shouldn't exist. I, I, I personally disagree, but that again might just come down to the fact that this feels like a film that was aimed at me and my sense of humour. And I can't remember yeah. the last time that I watched a comedy that felt so squarely aimed at me and what I wanted out of the pacing and writing of a comedy and that just felt so aimed at me. And that's a real blessing yeah. because usually when watching comedy, there is a certain degree of, like, yes. Well, Laura, the... you do you do like endings that make absolutely no sense. <laughs> so. Well, my my point is like generally there is. And Ghostbusters has an ending that makes like almost uh, as little sense let, as. Let Mass me Effect. finish my point. Um, <laughs> like generally, there is a certain degree of when I watch a comedy in particular where I'm like okay, this is funny, there are things that are just not landing, and I know that they are, like, critically, I know that they are well-written jokes, they're just not landing for me, the pacing, the the energy behind them just isn't working for me. And it's really nice to watch a comedy and be like, this is hitting the the sort of beats and tones that feel aimed at me. And... Yeah, it's a complete... Yeah. It's it's a different kind of energy, isn't it? Because the first one has a very kind of... um, it's quite a subtle droll humor mm. to it, but the new one is a very snappy, energetic, kind of colorful in your face kind of humor. Yeah, it's a very different I, I kind of slapstick at points there was, as well. There was just a very positive energy running through yeah. the whole thing, and I really enjoyed that. And the blonde the blonde girl. Oh, was, oh was my really goodness. Cool. I, oh, name, I love uh, her. Uh Leslie th- no, she's um, very cool. no, Leslie Jones is the other woman who was being shouted at by nasty people. She she was brilliant and, and <gasps> poor guy was was fucking yeah. great as well. My, What's his uh, name? Chris uh, Hemsworth Pratt. Uh, Hemsworth. Hemsworth. One of the Chris's. Um, 
I, he was so It was funny. also really amusing for me to see all of the men complaining about how he was a one-note character that only got to be on the sidelines and didn't get to do anything interesting. I was like, welcome to the female secretary in every movie. What? But the whole plot hinged well, around in him. in some ways, but like everyone what? who complained about his role as the, as the secretary, I was like, just, again, welcome to every yeah. movie with a female secretary in it. Ever um, yeah. <laughs> get get used to that? That's how apart, we apart we from feel. secretary. Oh yeah, which was brilliant. Um, but yeah, I um, but, I really but, but I saw that right. film where Maggie Gyllenhaal done a wee in it. But but guys, movies with uh, female heroes. Did you all see that Wonder Woman trailer? Holy fuck! I, I haven't yet. It, is it good? Is so it good. looks decent. Um, the one that got me excited was the uh, the Justice League trailer. Justice League. And you know why the Justice League trailer had me excited? Because I actually laughed during the trailer. I saw yeah. things that were colourful and positive and humorous yeah. and not grim dark the whole it. time. Um, I don't believe he is. I don't remember who is. But um, yeah, it feels like they actually learned a lesson from Batman vs Superman and aren't going for yeah. consistent grim dark that never lets up. And that has and plus me they gave away reassured. a huge spoiler in one of the posters, which, to be fair, is a spoiler. Everyone knows it's going to happen. But, yeah. Um, yeah. But but that Wonder Woman, go watch the Wonder, the Wonder Woman, Woman trailer. It looks fantastic. One looks pretty good. When her, when her theme song kicks in at the end, like... It was like me and Rach just looked at each other with these big fucking grins on her mm. faces, like, this is going to be yeah. awesome. And, like, you're, yeah, this is for, coming from someone who's, like didn't get excited about any of these super like I'm I'm so burnt out on superhero shit like I do, mm-hmm. I haven't even seen any of the Captain America movies <laughs> I know worst nerd ever but like this genuinely got me psyched I was like this looks awesome I did want to say quickly like I I was just having a think about this this week after seeing Ghostbusters and stuff I feel so happy that I'm watching films in an era where I have a female fronted Star Wars um, Ghostbusters, Mad Max. Uh, what's the other one that came out in the recent few, recent past that had uh, was remade with a female lead? The uh, 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 the Democratic <laughs> Convention. The Democratic Convention. <laughs> yes, that movie. Where I'm like, doesn't Iron Man now have? Um, uh, the, don't Iron Man and the Thor comic, both the have comic, ladies the, in the... the comic? Yes. Um, but like, yeah. I'm so glad that we have these films, and that largely like Star Wars and. Um, Star Wars and Mad Max were so critically and commercially well received Ghostbusters I really loved as did a lot of people it did very well commercially even if it's been very divisive critically I'm very glad that I'm getting to see these films happen and that I'm well it puts pay to that old excuse that oh women don't sell no if you make good pieces of media with female leads aimed at like at female audiences they will do well if you put the effort in and yeah. make good, well, films. I mean, not just aimed at female audiences. Like they're 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 still aimed at uh, just being fucking yeah, enjoyed make, by, by make tons good of movies with women in them, and people will go see them because they're good movies. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I still like like Fury Road is still for for my my uh, money one of the best films. Oh, it's I've amazing. Seen ever. Oh yeah, it's it's like it's in my like top five movies ever. Yeah. Also, yeah, it is a beautiful I, I do film. laugh at the thought if you went back five years and told people there's going to be new Star Wars films, the first two of them that we get are going to have female leads, how the internet would have blown up at that. 
So that that amuses me greatly. I'm like, ah, we get episode seven and Rogue One. Fuck you, haha. <laughs> they're back. They're back filming that a uh, few miles down the road from me at the moment. Yeah, I'm sure they're nice. busy, busy making making a war in the stars. Yep. Um, or out on 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 the Skellig Islands. Yeah. Right. Should we should we get those questions done? We got a yeah. bit of yeah, detail there. Yes. Uh, Matt yes, Matt Wallace has a question for us. What is your favourite plot twist in a game or TV show? All right, well, there's going to be spoilers well, here, folks. There's going to be spoilers. Yeah, so. um, skip ahead. Of, so yeah. say, say the name of the thing we're going to spoil, and before yeah. you spoil it. So yeah. I'm going to spoil something from about th- season three or four of Lost. And it's when... Oh, shit, I don't want to hear this. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you want to mute yourself, Jim? Or turn, huh? you want to turn your headphones off, Jim? I'm gonna turn my headphones off and then come back in. Come back in. Fi- when you're come done back talking. in fifteen seconds. Uh, okay, all I'm. I'm going down now. All I'm gonna say to people is when Charlie puts his hand on the glass and it says "Not Penny's boat," and then the water fills up. That that would the "Not Penny's boat" thing was a big twist. That ah. Uh, anyway, let's wait for Jim to come back now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually trying to think of uh, of what twists in anything that I really was I know there's one I was blown away with recently on a TV show but I can't remember what the fuck it was <laughs> what was it oh well has Jim come back yet oh, Jim I'm back you're back oh, yeah. okay oh, we back. did the thing I'm sorry that we we talked about a thing Jim you you go next because I, I can't think of anything I um honestly twist I'm not a big fan like I like a I don't I'm mind good. twists, but I'm not a huge fan of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess, you know, the shit in Bioshock was interesting. Um, mm-hmm. That was pretty good, the first one. I'm gonna, uh, it was a like, very well there, done one. There have been numerous moments and twists in Game of Thrones that have had my jaw on the floor. Like, especially like at the end of this season, there were a couple in the last episode, which I won't spoil, you all know what they are. I was just like, holy fuck. <laughs> yeah, actually, in the it's not in the show, but in the 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 last book of Game of Thrones, um, no, not Game, the Song of Ice and Fire, um, yeah. the last book was it's 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 in the epilogue, and I won't describe it, but basically, the scene was in the last episode of season six of Game of Thrones, but it was with different characters, mm-hmm. and in the books, the two characters involved also includes an amazing twist about one of them and and their their real motivation mm. and it it was jaw dropping shit just incredible um anyone who's read it will know what i'm talking about and i won't detail it beyond that because again anyone who knows it yeah. will know it but yeah that that last it... scene in the song of ice and fire books to date was fantastic also um um in Breaking Bad, the episode where where Gus takes his revenge on someone who wronged him. Yeah. <laughs> the twist and the way he did that was incredible. Oh, mm. uh, yes. Mm. Then again, anything Gus fucking did in Breaking Bad was amazing. Definitely. To be honest, anything in that show was uh, fucking... Well, like, yeah. <laughs> this is just... I, I'm, I'm currently yeah. re-watching a couple of shows, but now I want to go back and re-watch both Lost and Breaking Bad. <laughs> Like, Watch Stranger Things first. It's trust it's me. on the list. I'm currently rewatching um, House of Cards because I never got around to watching the most recent series, so I'm rewatching it to get up to season uh. four. Oh oh, remember that twist in The Walking Dead where they took the most notorious 
uh, love slash hated moment in the entire story in the comics and made it a shitty cliffhanger. Oh, that is some shade you throw in, Gavin. Um, so, right, we've got one more question for this week from Thomas Pitt. Um, the question is for me and Jim primarily, um, but I suppose this might be a thing for Gavin in a slightly different way. Um, how do you deal with the delicate situation of critiquing a game that you might have had some involvement with? Uh, for example, Jim's discussed the issues with We Happy Few, but he's doing voice work for the game. How do you balance your need to be fair with your awareness of being involved? Uh, so, that's an interesting question. How, how do you balance um, talking fairly about a game that you've done work stuff on? Yeah. Well, the the main thing I do is just to avoid, um, you know, super crucial conflicts of interest mm. is to not review them. Yeah. You know, I won't do that final official scored review if I've done, if I've had any involvement, even if it's like a, a one line thing. Uh, that just keeps it nice and clean and tidy. I will do videos of it. You know, I did a video of We Happy Few. Yeah. When it's finally officially released, I will not review it. But I'll probably do another Jim Impressions video of the final product. What, um, what I'll say impressed me about your coverage of We Happy Few was how critical you were of it. And, like, you're not even... You're not in the game yet. But I was impressed that you were as willing as... like, And that shouldn't impress... I am wondering if I'm going to well, be in the game yeah, now. <laughs> well, that shouldn't impress me. That should be the standard, I suppose. But it felt impressive that you were, like, not hiding your criticisms of it, which is, you know, probably reassuring to people that you're not likely to pretend the game is good if you don't think it is. Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, if... If I'm involved in a game, if, I, if I've, you know, offered my vocal, um, I was going to say talent, <laughs> uh, if I've offered my vocal cords to a game, it's, it's going to be because I, I believe in, in the potential I'm seeing mm. and I want it to meet that potential. Uh, and of course, you know, if, if a game comes out and it's a dog, I'm sure some people will use that to take the piss out of me. <clears throat> so my... My reputation is on the line a little bit. Not a huge amount, but part of me sees why Troy Baker gets so fucking defensive when people slam a game he's in. Um, although he does take it way silly far. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's because I give a shit about that game. I gave enough of a shit about it that I wanted to have my voice in it. It stands to reason I then give a shit enough about the game to want it to be good. So... It helps no one if I'm not going to be critical of it. If I'm not going to, because you know, I view criticism as uh, as a method of improving. It's it's how I've improved is by listening to criticism. I mean, it's why I've got a fucking survey on my website right now, so people can tell me what what I could do better. Um, to not be, especially in early access, to not be brutal at this stage is doing more harm than good. It's what gets me about fans of things that will refuse to hear a bad word said about something. I'm like, that's not that's not good as a fan. That's you wanting it's something to It's not good for the franchise that you, you like. Not at all. Yeah, no. exactly. So, yeah, it, it, in my mind, it only pays to be honest uh, and, and, and as harsh as as a game needs. It's like uh, if, you're, if, if your friend that you love very much comes in with, like, a big gangrenous hand that's like falling off and all sick and you're like nah it's fine it's fine it's not yeah, sick don't, get, exactly. don't fix it shut up leave his hand alone exactly you know? in the case of We Happy Few it's in early access right now it's in alpha there are things in it that are in, in, infuriating me 
and they don't have to be infuriating and they can be fixed and it's like be brutal now so they can be fixed and you know if if it, if, if, if it's a game that's come out already and obviously it's too late for that, like it still pays because they can still make more games in future, hopefully. And, and it just, it, it, it never helps to, 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 to not say something is bad in a game if something in a game is bad. So that's kind of how I balance it out. It's, it's not that I feel I have to protect the game I'm involved with, it's that I... If I give enough of a shit about this project, then I should also give enough of a shit to be as honest mm. as I can in the criticism. I'm going to give a very simple answer to this question. What Jim said. There you go. <laughs> what Jim said. Just, just, you know, don't be afraid to criticize the things that you want to see be better, particularly if you're involved in them because you want to see the things that have your name attached to them do well. Be, you know, open with disclosures when you do like any kind of coverage don't do a review if you worked on it, probably, but that's, you know, yeah. just be open about what you're doing and yeah. hold the projects the that you thing, work on to a high standard. The other thing as well is I don't want a fan of mine, a, a, a viewer of mine, a reader of mine, a listener of mine, buying something because I'm in it and having that thing be dog shit. Mm. I can't predict how well a game will be, how good a game will be when it's in production. But if it does come out and it's shitty and I'm in it and people are buying it just because I'm in it, like I'd feel terrible about that. And I don't want people to feel like I'm misleading them or anything because it's not like I can hide that. It's not like I can say, oh, this game's brilliant and then when it comes out, it's shit. Like I can't hide that it's shit. So it, it only pays me to be as honest as I can be when I'm talking about a game. You know, if I... If I play a game that I happen to have been involved with and it turns out it's a load of crap, then there's there's zero benefit to me, let alone mm. the game, to, to telling you all to go out and get it uh, because mm. it's great. Because then you'll all just be angry at me and I don't want people to be angry at me. Not Well, not mm. everyone. Some some people it's fine if they're angry with me, but not, not people mm. I like. Yeah, um, from my point of view, I'm just lucky that the game I'm in was the greatest CRPG of all time, and you should buy it right now. <laughs> Waste Wasteland Two, everyone, go buy it because I'm I'm in it. There you go. I mean, it is hard yeah. to work with Wasteland Two. It is. Uh, I'm not even a big player of that style of RPG, but mm. what I did play of that was a good laugh. Yeah, and I and I'm not lying. I genuinely really did enjoy the game. You know, because I mean, mm -hmm. it's it's. Oh, I know. It's, well, it's, it's, it's built pretty much exactly this, for you. It's, yeah, I mean, it's similar to Fallout One and Two, which are two games I love. So, yeah. So yeah, there we go. So yeah. that that feels like that's an episode wrap now. That'll wrap yeah. us up. Yeah, yeah. my arse bones killing the me. only two uh, questions. Uh, that, it was it? the two that were decent that I saw at the time when I was putting wow. questions together. Also, um, okay. step step it also up. Also, my crotch hurts, <laughs> so I'm not week. I'm not going to go dive in and grab more questions because everything hurts, and I need yeah. to not be sat down in this office chair. Well, yeah, you, again, you, two, you two are still in full-on pain mode well, by the I did, yeah. I, did, we, yeah. I did 20, 25 minutes better than I did last week, but I'm still in the mode where yeah. I get a bit over an did hour and I'm like, Did you see my tweet last week? Um, my, my podquisition plug tweet last <laughs> yes, week? Yes, I did. <laughs> mm. <Yeah. laughs> Do you want to recap it for the, for the listeners who may have missed it? It was uh, podquisition, whatever the number was, uh, which in which 
there's more whining about pain than a My Chemical Romance reunion tour. Oh, <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm doing better, but like it's it's a difference of like twenty minutes in a week on week. So like next time I could do maybe closer to an hour and a half. I'm I'm getting there slowly. Mm. Just having to work up the there's... amount of time I can spend in this office chair. There is it no is pretty painful listening to the two of us for that length of time. Oh, I exactly. Can't be putting people through that all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay. They don't. MRIs suck, by the way. I learned oh, that. Oh, yeah, they today. fucking suck balls. Horrible. Go in a big, like a giant Pringles tube and then hear robots angrily fucking each other. Really loud in your ear. And they, the earplugs they give you do nothing. And then I found out a friend of mine. Oh, they they played her music. Yeah, they played played her played music. They played me music when I. Uh, I didn't get no when music. I went to my MRI. I just had to hear arr, 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 like louder than I've ever heard anything be loud, right in my fucking head. I left Surely dizzy, um, headache. It was horrible. That sounds like malpractice to me because that could give you tinnitus if it really was that loud. Well, they gave me earplugs, yeah. but they they took basically like. They were enough to stop permanent damage. They were yeah. not enough to stop it giving me a headache and me wow. stumbling out of the diagnostic centre dizzy and confused they, they and upset. How long, and then how I go home and have an anxiety attack about it. Uh, 20 minutes. Which isn't as bad as See, some when, people. Like uh, someone I know went, was in there for 45. When, when I had mine, Jesus. I had a selection of different musical genres I could listen to, and I picked rock. <laughs> and when I picked rock, I was played uh, Dragon Force for about 15 minutes. Unbelievable. So I got to hear like. See, I didn't like, get no Dragon, Dragon Force. I got to hear like one and a half <laughs> Dragon Force songs while I was in there for 15 minutes. I can't. I'm having a hard time thinking of a less relaxing well, band than possibly, Dragon but Force. they're also a band that is very loud and energetic, which is good for distracting yeah. from the, the, the robot fucking. Yeah. I mm. suppose they're, they're quite melodic as well. There's a lot of uh, melody in there. So, so yeah. Well, anyway, that, that'll yeah. wrap us up. Anyway. That'll wrap us up. Um, yeah. yeah, God, I hate everything. Um, Laura... <laughs> How can people find out more about you and the things Me that you and the do? things I do. You can go to Laura K Buzz on Twitter, LauraKBuzz.com, Laura K Buzz on Patreon, or you can go to Let's Play Video where I write such wonderful articles as five video games that are like getting a urinary tract infection. Um, other than that, you can find me at CoxCon if you're there this upcoming week weekend. I will be assuming that nothing goes wrong with my body before then, I will be there. Friday through Monday, so there's that. Generally, just those places I mentioned before on the internet. Uh, Wonderful. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube as well. Oh, I'm I'm still doing that Dark Souls three playthrough. I'm making progress eventually. Okay, okay, still going strong. And Gavin, how can we find out about you and the pop music that you make on the internet for people who like music? You can pop on over to Miracle of Sound on YouTube. Uh, check out all my songs and you can pop on over to my Twitter where I'm not going to reply to you because I'm taking a break from the internet for another few days. <laughs> okay. It, it, it needs to be done every once in a while. It's good for the soul. Mm. But I promise I'll respond to everyone when I get back. Sure thing. And uh, sorry, I'm looking at some of the survey responses on the Jimquisition. Uh, is there any content oh, yeah? you'd like to uh, see covered? My yeah. cock and balls, said someone. <laughs> wow. Very good. Well, this said uh, one of the improvements. They want less politics. So, um, 
kind of politics. cock and balls or, or, poli- or less politics should only have what one What if the other you mate. write the politics on your cock and balls? Cock and balls you know, are this, incredibly political. That's this is a discussion for another day, but like people who want no politics in gaming, you want Bioshock with no story. You want you want Fallout with no well, story. What you want is you, you um, games that feel apolitical because they line up one hundred percent with your political views when you say that statement. But because mm. like, that's, yeah, that's, like those are some very political games. Yeah, to, right to there. say that you want NEB's media to be apolitical generally that means I don't want to notice the politics in it because it doesn't make me question or it doesn't differ in any way from my politics. Which mm. yeah, pretty is much. a boring way to enjoy yeah. media. Yep. Yeah. So on that note, <laughs> on that uh, on that, that lovely note that everyone's going to be Trump, happy yay. about. <laughs> we will see you next time. Thank you all for listening, as always, for all of your lovely support, and always appreciated. And I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.